I don't know hey, nail stuff. polish colors either. What? What are we talking about today? Why do you always dump this on me? Because you're the savant. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, I've, I think I've tried to dump this on you exactly once. Because I'm just the dum-dum with the headphones in the corner. That's why. You really need to have a conversation with your sisters about like... What? That's literally... They, they were just like, hey... For anyone that doesn't know, that is literally just how your sisters described you when they first listened to this podcast, correct? Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, yeah. The yeah, feedback the, was... Say, like, there's a, there's a background to that comment that people do not know. The feedback was, Steph does a really good job of making it seem like you know what you're talking about. You know, like, I, like, Dum Dum does a really good job of explaining things. And, <laughs> like, we, it just... And it, what I loved about the first wave of feedback was, it wasn't oh, you did a good job because you're talking. It was, Steph does a really good job of making you look smart, dum-dum. So, um... Your sisters are so nice to you. I just need yeah. everyone to understand that there is a background <laughs> That's where dum-dum dum comes from. has been running for five months now. Yeah. And, yes. But anyway, dum-dum in the chair doesn't get to initiate conversation. You're in <laughs> the fancy chair. spoken to. Right. Okay. We're going to talk muzzles. I'm just kidding. Let's talk muzzles. Muzzles. Because muzzle, it's a, it's a specific point. And when muzzles we don't give ourselves specific topics. Only. Yes. When we don't give ourselves specific topics, we tend to end up a lot of places and then Haley doesn't like and it. And sometimes those places go into a deep, dark place and we get depressing. Yeah. Heavy on our Or hearts. sometimes they end up in a puddle and we talk about Vessies for 15 minutes. <laughs> oh. Speaking of. That. Work that right in there. Head over to Vessie for our code. I'm just kidding. We don't have a code quite yet. We're working Right. Day and night she on wants this. a code so bad. She wants a code if so bad. If anybody has someone in the Vessi industry, please hit me. Not up. even the shoe industry. You are very specifically saying just Vessies. Yep. Wow. I don't wear anything else. <laughs> that is very true. No, but seriously, Sorry. muzzles. We're going to talk muzzles. muzzles. Right. Because again, we need to be. I, li- I love that I brought this back on topic and Haley literally cheered. <laughs> what I love is the fact that we sold this as a podcast that is dog stuff yeah and occasional nonsense yes so we would be doing false advertising if we purely talked about dog training that's very true and i'm I'm very against being hypocritical i was gonna say what that's another secret rule of working here you can't be a hypocrite that is also yes don't be a liar don't be a liar don't be a hypocrite for sure so to me they're very similar so we go we got the nonsense going yes but now let's head into the dog stuff we're gonna add rules have you ever seen ncis like uh, with those rules? I tried. It's like no. Gibbs rules. Oh, I tried right, in CIS. You're 12. Okay. No, there's like, there's like, he had like, it's like a 20 year old show and I realized it's I a tried show, watching but to it, me, but it's, it's like, not Law and Order and it's not SVU and it's not Criminal Minds and I'm just not into it. It Fair enough. It, it's been around for 20 years. I get it. But like, they have a whole thing where it's like rules. It's like a running thing. Sure. Yeah, there should be rules like here, like there are on that show. Look at a fancy sign. Yes, we'll make it. We'll make a sign. That goes on the list. Hundred percent. I love that the last episode had rules on it, and I completely forgot what they were until you told me. And I was like, "Yeah, the hundred percent. Those are the rules of working." But we here. all know rules. Ask ask any of us that work here. We know the rules of working here. Yes. Muzzles. Let's talk about muzzles, <laughs> muzzles. before she like she okay. might murder us. She might not murder us, but she's definitely going to schedule people to camp on my property. <laughs> what? Oh, that's her running threat. Why? Oh, yeah. No, if I piss her off, she's going to make, like, a camping schedule for, like, people to come and stay on the property if they want to train from far away. Can I camp here? No. Absolutely. What? What'd you say? No. I figured you'd be okay if I camped here. Well, Mac is your bestie. But, like, yeah, this is the running threat. That's a little... And it does terrify me because I think she'd do it. 
Yeah. I think she has a fucking spreadsheet made in her head of where she would put everyone. It's terrifying. Okay. Muzzles. <laughs> muzzles are so threatening. Great. Muzzles are great. Let's talk about muzzles. She's muzzles. Me. Muzzles. I really, I love that we are sitting in a room. One, count the muzzles. Because you have three, three next four. to you. I have one next to me. I love that there are people that have dogs and have had, they're like, I've owned dogs all my life. And they've never, they've owned like five dogs. First off, whenever anyone says, well, I've had dogs all my life, it is typically some form of boomer that has had five dogs in their entire life. Second off, they've had like five dogs their entire life and they've never owned a muzzle. And it just mystifies me because I'm like, I'm sitting in a room with four and I would never own a dog that had never seen a muzzle. Like that's, that's a priority. Like I teach them about muzzles when they're little and people are always amazed because they're like, oh my God, but those are for bad dogs. I love when I do an assessment with someone that has like five human bites and I'm like, is your dog muzzle trained? And they're like, well, we put one on at the vet before we sedate him. Yes. I'm like. No, no, well, that's like, not what I mean. There is just such like a large stigma around yes. muzzles, like so big, like just yes. like because you, a muzzle is for either at the vet or for dogs who bite. That's it. Yes, for bad dogs. Yes, for bad dogs that bite, not scared dogs, not safe dogs. Not, it's only for bad dogs at the vet. And it's like, and I think even, and we'll talk. I'm sure more about this later, but like, there's even like. I don't understand why more trainers aren't into muzzle training right. because there seems to be even a like oh my god that dog that came here for that board and train has a bunch of bites the only reason it was trained is because the owner said I really really yes. really want to muzzle train my dog it's biting people and they had already done like two months of sessions with this person and that's where it's just like yeah there's so many especially here you are like we've talked about before you're this is not the place this is not the first trainer that people no, have tried a lot I'm of times a lot of times trainer. they're the third fourth fifth whatever trainer. But what's shocking is nobody ever talks to them, especially when they're coming here for whether it's a bite risk for dogs or a bite risk for humans. They're coming here as your fourth, fifth trainer and no other trainer has mentioned or talked about muzzle training. And like the handful that come in with a dog that is muzzle trained nine times out of ten when we when you go, oh, like whose idea was it to muzzle train? It's. Yeah, the owner's idea because they ask. did the research. I always ask, okay, who taught you about muzzle training? And they're like always like again nine out of ten. They're like, well, you know, I just I I, I thought wasn't it was going to stop biting people, so I just at least tried to make it safe as me. And they like Googled some shit, and I that's it. And I'm like, you've seen four other trainers, and nobody mentioned it, and no one took. And this is the thing: is muzzle training is not fucking rocket science. No, this is ninety nine percent of dogs. This is the one of the easiest things you can do. It's- and literally, no one, no trainer took 10 minutes to talk them through it. And especially since muzzle training is one of those things that owners can do. Owners can do yes. that, especially for the dogs who, like, are bite risk for humans. Other people muzzle training your dog, yeah, that is a harder skill even for a trainer. Because, yeah. like, yeah, that's hard. Like, it's, But sure. owners, if you can touch your dog, that's super fucking easy. That's the easiest so, thing on the planet. And it's just weird because, like, there's lots of things where it's, like, Especially once we're heading into that severe behavior work where it's just kind of like um, like a lot of the things a professional should be doing. Like yes. you should not be working in this. A professional should be working in this. Muzzle training is one of those things that, yes, you go gung-ho. If you're going to go gung-ho on anything yes. on your own with no guidance and no understanding of what you're doing, yes, go gung-ho on muzzle training. Right, because I feel like sometimes we try and do a lot. I think there's a lot of times where, especially back to bite risk with humans, is we're trying to be like, oh, well, I tried to have my friend meet them or do like, 
like feed my i had to i tried to have people in my life feed my dog so that it, oh we yeah. try and test out a lot of different things we especially tried to like, test it so much with other people's skin right whereas train like if you want to train your dog if you're trying to make an effort muzzle training is an excellent start because a yes like nobody's at risk really because yeah. i mean i mean they might there are cases where they're willing to bite you but typically right there there's no one at risk there's nothing at risk and it's not really detrimental to like you're not kind of screwing up anything because it's like they're yeah, just learning we've seen how some to pretty poorly muzzle trained dogs um yeah. you can really just fuck that up so bad and a- any trainer should be able to bring that back yes yeah like and whereas like if you are trying to have your human aggressive dog meet other people by having people feed it and do it wrong if that goes poorly you are you can add a very bad yes situation to that dog's history that the level of of risk that comes with attempting to muzzle train on your own is very very different than the level of risk of attempting to make your friend your dog best friends with another human or like another dog same thing of just like trying to play around or trying to play around with like resource guarding stuff like Like, i don't yeah like all of those things is you're playing with fire whereas muzzle training it's a bowl yeah there you go it's a fancy bowl bowl. go ahead fancy bowl with straps give her play with like, it uh, and for the love of god don't okay well let's get into types of muzzles yes the first thing is everyone goes okay i bought this four dollar mesh nylon grooming muzzle from dollarama that does not fit um and my dog can totally wear that if i wrestle them into it like it's wwe and i'm like no no that ain't it so those are 20 minute muzzles those are muzzles you don't wear for more than 20 minutes what you know what sucks is like i literally just googled types of muzzles and the first like for shop types of muzzles the first two are like nylon like this type like just that go like a halty almost yeah that one that one and then that this third one is like a rubber one oh god yes those so like a rubber and then then we got like a full-on like a mesh one but like none Dear of God. these are like I'd have to scroll pretty far to get into an actual an proper actual muzzle. proper muzzle. And yeah, a step, lot of what's people bring those mesh muzzle? grooming muzzles, and they're like, "This is a muzzle," and I'm like, "No, that's not a useful muzzle. That's a 20 minute muzzle because your dog can't properly pant in one of those vets and uh, vets and groomers use them because they have something very specific to do very quickly, and then they can take it off. If your dog is wearing a properly fitted mesh muzzle, your dog won't be able to open their mouth, which means they can't pant, they can't eat, they can't bark, they can't do anything. It's not practical. I mean, they can't bite you. But if you're at the vet and it has to be a super fast thing or a groomer and super fast thing and it's got to be done, that's the point of those because you're using that because your dog isn't properly trained on a proper muzzle. And so few dogs are properly trained on a proper muzzle that they, that's the one you see the most because you're, look at that, you're throwing a nylon muzzle on. But yeah, lots of people show up with the nylon muzzles. And now our new biggest pet peeve is the basket style muzzles that look like they're solid basket muzzles, but they're the squishy rubber. Yeah. Oh my God. That if you're dealing with a bite risk aren't yeah. going to it's like the <laughs> It's like, it's not neoprene, but it's like the very, very, very malleable, very just plasticky rubber. And they literally, they can bite through it. They can squish it. They yeah. can squish it like a dog toy. And I'm like, this is supposed to be preventative for the teeth and the teeth go through it like i don't i don't get it i don't understand Seems it Seems a little bit counterproductive <laughs> yeah and i mean i think the theory is oh it's gonna look not as bad but the it looks like a proper muzzle unless you know different which is super dangerous to someone in our position yeah where somebody says i got a muzzle somebody says they muzzle trained and if you don't know that the strap 
has a slightly different coloring than the proper muzzle and you're not watching for that, you go to get this dog thinking, okay, this is a safety, this is a piece of safety gear. It is not. It's a piece of safety gear that is uh, uh, (laughs) going to get you eaten. But people, they're good for training. Like I'm fine with people using them for training. But yeah, no. But when we think of a muzzle or a proper type of muzzle, yeah, we're we, thinking basket muzzle. Yes, or Jofko. Yes, is that a basket? Is that what? We yeah, classify? like to me, they're both the basket style. Mm. To but yeah, a basket style muzzle, a Jofko style muzzle, and it's a muzzle that they can safely wear, that they can pant and bark and eat and drink through. And when we say our dog is muzzle trained, we mean the dog can do anything with a muzzle yeah. that it could be asked to do without a muzzle. So. You can put a muzzle on, you can take the dog for a walk. You can put a muzzle on, you can put it on a treadmill. You could t- put the muzzle on, you could let it go run around outside and it would just run around wherever. Um, you could put a muzzle on and the dog could just walk around the house or sit on place. It's not going to try and take it off. And it literally does not care that it's on. Yeah. It just doesn't even notice that it's on, nor does it. Because I think a lot of the times we go like, oh, is your dog muzzle trained? Or they'll check off and like the the assessment that we have that like, oh, they're muzzle trained. But what they mean is like we throw the muzzle on for five seconds at the vet or the groomers or yes. whatever. But like yes. if the dog were to like we put the muzzle on and then the dog immediately tries to take it off, yes. they're not muzzle trained. If you can't have the dog do go for a walk with just a walk and they can't wear the muzzle, then they're not fully muzzle trained. Yes. And I mean, maybe you can get it on them without that much of a hassle. But if you turn your back for four and a half seconds, they're ripping it off their face. Your dog is not muzzle trained. No. But yeah. So if you are looking for a muzzle that is safe and is a proper muzzle to properly train on anything that is a basket style muzzle that is solid so there's really softy rubbery ones that like squish like if you grab the whole front of it and you can make a fist with your hand and you can squish the whole thing into your fist that is not a proper muzzle the the baskerville brand ones are the ones where like if you grab the front and you go to squish them they're not going to move so there's lots of brands like that Learberg makes a lot of different sizes with the metal ones yeah um those ones anything that you can take that it can't squish if the dog were to come forward yeah those are uh italian basket style muzzles she grabbed one of the muzzles from on top of my bookcase and those ones are the ones that i use in trial because they're just really easy to put on yeah yeah like i don't think it's like a serious ones. yeah it wouldn't stop a serious bite risk but it will stop it will actually provide bite prevention it's just the plastic it really isn't super strong no but i yeah. like i like these fit for like um yeah those are great fit for shepherd dogs yeah for longer yeah. snouts any of the longer snoot dogs perfect that's an agitation muzzle oh yeah that because mac is gonna have to do muzzle fighting in the twos and so that's an agitation muzzle oh yeah but dixon has to change the strap out on it but yeah so he can actually do a full muzzle fight in that dixon didn't no he didn't make that that's from a different company but he has to fix the strap because it has to have a full buckle not the clip um Mm. to do muzzle fighting ah fun yeah so he can muzzle fight in that and not get hurt but yeah, there's, if you're looking for a muzzle for your dog, there are lots of companies that make fairly solid basket style muzzles. And there are so many videos that can teach muzzle training. It, muzzle training is the easiest thing in the world. You literally bend the straps of the way and you're like, look, it's a weird bowl. Yeah. Feed your dog out of the weird bowl by holding it for a week. And you're probably 90% of the way there. Like, yes. this is where... Don't just throw it on and leave them. Yeah, no, that's so take it off. fun. But yeah, that's that's why we're like, we don't understand why more people don't do it. Because when you go, hey, what should I do before training? It, it, listen, you're coming to me for training. We will talk about training when you get here. 
the things you can do before training are things like, hey, if you don't own a crate, buy a crate. If you do own a crate, start using the crate again. Hey, buy a muzzle that fits. Maybe start familiarizing your dog with the muzzle that fits. Um, Like there's so many easy, feed your dog by hand for a few days. Like there's so many easy things to do and people want to launch into I want to do these super hard skills. And I'm like, you don't want to go work next to a dog park or yeah, no, yeah, it's, you need to hold the straps out of the way and use it as (laughs) your bowl. There you go. You're on, there's an activity and like, it's boring, but like, yeah, you're not the professional. You're going to do the boring work first. (laughs) Yes. Sorry. The boring work is essential in order to do the work that you think gets to your goal. In reality, the boring work is probably what gets you to your goal. And Oh, you lost your thought completely, didn't you? You got halfway there and then you're like, hey. I just really like that with muzzle training, (laughs) one of the other things is that even if you do no training beyond muzzle training, you have just made your dog infinitely safer. Yeah. Even if you never give your dog any form of obedience, never help its anxiety, never leash train, never do anything. If you properly muzzle train your dog, there's actually very little that they could get in trouble enough to get put down for. Yes. Right. And one thing I will say is like we've talked we've started this episode and we've talked about it. We've talked about like bite risks and human risks and how it's a safety thing. But those aren't the only dogs that can and wear should wear a muzzle. Yes. There's so everybody thinks it's just for biting. Like that's the stigma and that's definitely like Mm -hmm. we're covering it. And it's definitely for us who work at a behavior center who see a lot of like bite risks. Like, yes, muzzle training is excellent for bite risks and it helps like us a lot mm-hmm. when your dog is muzzle trained however your dog does not have to be a bite risk in order to wear a muzzle yes when people when people ask me should my dog be muzzle trained i literally go is your dog alive and breathing and they're like yes i'm like cool then yes. that is your answer that's your flow chart yes the flow chart, <laughs> the flow chart there is Very is your short. dog alive yes okay cool you should muzzle train them beautiful yes Cause like Cause the eating things that's the one that I always oh, tell yeah. people, the eating things off the ground. People are like, oh, my dog eats poop or oh, my dog eats cigarette butts or whatever. Or they eat stuff off the ground at the dog park or they live in a weird area and there's chicken bones on the ground all the time. Like that is a really, really easy way to make sure that your dog doesn't ingest anything weird. Well, and like it's just it is another just tool in your toolkit. And like if you yes. have it and let's say your dog's been good about going to the vet forever and ever. There was never an issue. But then maybe something happened. Maybe there was an incident. And then after that, they were a little bit nervous yeah. or something. Cool. Look, you don't have to all of a sudden teach it how to do something. It already mm-hmm. knew how to do that. And now yes. you need it. So you have it. But like. Yeah, I like I like muzzle training as a preventative measure because trigger stacking is a thing. And we were going to talk about it. We we're actually going to talk about it today. And then we decided to talk about muzzles. But if you go to the vet and your dog's always been good at the vet and even if they're now they're in pain so that's you know trigger one and now there's they've hired a new person to the vet so that's trigger two and then you have to wrestle them into a muzzle that they've never seen before that last trigger might be the final straw and then you get a a reaction or you get a bite attempt if you've already trained them to wear a muzzle you are removing a potential trigger that could be stacked in a shitty situation you will never be able to remove every potential trigger in every situation ever but you can definitely train mitigating ones that you have access to and having access to a muzzle is a trigger that is very very easy to take out of the whole mix and like yeah everybody loves buying their dog gear and things and stuff oh my god buy a muzzle go buy a cute muzzle there you go 100 beautiful done go do that 100 and it's also just like at the end of the day don't you i mean maybe i'm wrong but don't you just want to look at like your dog's resume and the list of things that like they can do and yes. have accomplished 
who cares if you did like okay you added muzzle training on yes this. awesome they have another skill they're more likely to be hired yes. at the next thing like cool and this like, is the thing is everybody's like oh but hard skills in this and i'm like you know what is a super easy skill to add to that resume this does not take a lot of skill on either end it takes like a little bit of time so then people go what did you teach your dog sit down paw okay well yeah a lot of stuff is harder to teach if you want another easy check in the box muzzle muzzle there's like a lot of those things that are like just like husbandry stuff of just yes. like muzzle training treadmill training husbandry is massively the- overlooked now Wow, you are making lobster claws. Nails. Okay, right. The lobster claw hands mean nails. Nails. Got it. Um, But right, like, like interpretive dance on a podcast. And it just seems weird because it's like, are you going to regret doing that? No. Like, worst comes to worst, you spend five minutes a day hanging out with your dog teaching it how to wear a muzzle. Yeah. Is that really, like, the worst thing that you can be doing? Yes. No. So, like, okay, you're spending, you're going to spend five minutes with your dog, spend five minutes, like, having them eat through a muzzle, learning a new skill, teaching them something new and fun. Mm -hmm. Cool. Everyone feels productive. Have yeah. a good day. And the other thing is when people, when you do finally muzzle train your dog, then the only, once you do do the muzzle training, I find people do the muzzle training for two weeks until their dog will wear it and then they don't bring it out yeah. until they need it. And I'm like, no, no, once a week for something weird, just put your, just have your dog wear a muzzle. Hey, once a week you go for a walk in a muzzle. Once a week you sit on place in a muzzle. Once a week you run around the backyard in a muzzle. Yeah. I mean, my dogs all learn to play with other dogs with a muzzle because yes. they're, they have to interact with training dogs as well. And sometimes they're muzzled. So they don't, they, they're supposed to never think anything weird about a dog wearing a muzzle. So they all know how to play in muzzles. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, there is so many easy ways to maintain that. And it's not a, th- it's even a skill that doesn't even have to be maintained every day or every week, but it does need to ma- be maintained more than once every six to 12 months. And it's, again, it's just something different in your repertoire. Like, yes. keep, change it up. Don't, yes. like, cool. You did something different today. You went for a walk, but it was a muzzle walk. You Ooh, how were weird. doing touch pad work and they were wearing a muzzle. Like, wow. And I think it's just like one of those things of like, I, it's literally like they learn how to wear a collar. They w- learn how to wear a harness. They learn how to wear... Uh, uh, oh, the uh, actually, that's the other reason. I was going to say they learn how to wear a cone. That's another reason that we muzzle train. Yes. We have the odd dog that, like, they just suck at wearing cones or they crush the cone against everything and they're just hard on it because some of my more working dogs are douchebags about cones. Um, they just, they don't take any notice of it, so they just slam into just everything. Slam it against everything. But wearing a muzzle means they're not going to lick the weird thing that they've stabbed themselves yeah. with and lick their stitches out. Wearing a muzzle means they're not going to go, oh, hey, I lick the hot spot or I like chew on my foot or whatever and it just the easiest thing in the world it's easier than cone yeah like it yeah it's literally just like they they will wear it if you if you do take the time to kind of train it and introduce it then it's literally like okay they don't they're not bugged if you put a collar on them they're not bugged if you put a harness on them they're not bugged if you put a muzzle on them like it's just another thing that they wear yes and cool then again you have that skill if you need it and if you never need it again worst case scenario is you've spent five minutes teaching your dog how to do something yes the other thing I like about muzzles that it's in my muzzle notes, but I always forget about it. 
because it's not central to the dog and it's not central to you. You put your dog in a muzzle and it changes other people's behavior. Yes. If there's going to be a stigma at something, it might as well be a stigma that's useful to Use you. <laughs> if you have a reactive dog, you know what is easier than training your reactive dog to not be reactive? Training it to wear a muzzle and go for a walk. Because as soon as you go you for space. a walk, oh my God, people, like I tell people all the time, I'm like, I can walk Mac in a full placard of like, do not pet. He could wear a fucking sandwich yes. board that says, do not pet, I will eat you. And everyone, like, literally, there will still be someone that walks up and goes, oh, my God, can I touch him? Meanwhile, I could take a Yorkie and put it in a shitty squishy muzzle. And 100% someone will cross the street to get away from my dangerous ass dog. And I'm like, beautiful. Give me 50 feet. I love that. I mean, we'd love to remove the stigma, but if it's going to be there, let's use it to our advantage. Yes. It's a wonderful thing. It's great if you're antisocial and you just don't want people to talk to you. It's great if you, because the other thing that it does for the dog is the dog turns the corner and before it has the chance to like stare it down and bark and lunge, another person sees that muzzle and goes to change their behavior before that dog yes. does the thing and then the dog thinks oh i've done the thing and i'm changing that person's behavior no i've stayed quiet and that person changed their behavior just by my presence oh if i wait it out cool they will just give me space i don't have to initiate them giving me space yeah. and it's the easiest thing in the world and even if they, and then even if there's an idiot that doesn't give you space, you know your dog can't do anything. Say, even if there's somebody policy. with a stupid dog on a flexi Ugh. charging you, your dog can't lay injury. Yeah. Beautiful. Like, but I love putting people in muzzles because they're like, everybody wants to go out and buy the $85 vest with the do not the pet stickers and yeah. that. Yeah, the tactical stickers yeah. and all the things. Or the bright yellow leash that says, uh, I'm fearful, don't yeah. come close or whatever. No it is. dogs or whatever. No, no, no. Literally, you can put your dog in, in nothing but a muzzle and people will run from you. It's yes. great. Beautiful. I think that's a wonderful life vibe. I think so too. Vibe. Yeah, just and like, please don't talk to me. <laughs> it's great. It's just like please, I turn around the please. corner and I have one dog who's super nice actually in a muzzle and people just like vacate the radius. It's yeah. wonderful. And it's just, yeah, and like I said before, but I still, I still it does have a hard time landing in my brain of like nobody, no trainer talks about it. That is the part that I just kind of sit here continuously mystified by. Because like why are trainers having stigmas about it? Yes. Because that would be, like, that's the only reason I could think of that you would not introduce is because you think, like, I, like, uh, I don't know, like, it's just going to, you want to be able to fix the behavior before we just start doing management, I guess, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm lost on that one, but it's just, like, if every dog knows how to be muzzle trained, yes. okay. The and? other <laughs> thing that I think is a bit of a red flag is if you are going somewhere for, like, reactivity or aggression, like, specifically aggression, if you have a dog that has landed bites on another living thing, be it, you know, cat, livestock, dog, or human, and one of the things you are not discussing is muzzle training, in 90% of scenarios, like, if a dog has a landed bite... We're going to be talking about muzzle training at some point, even if it's very briefly. And I'm like, hey, you should do this in passing versus a solid 25 minutes of you have to do yeah. this before our next session. This is how it goes. It'll probably come up. Yeah. If, if you're going to someone to address aggression, 
and they have not mentioned muzzling, muzzle training, or even like not even taught you, but asked you, hey, is your dog muzzle trained before, you know, your dog that's landed three bites on humans? Like I try and take the leash. <laughs> hey, as a question, like if they're not even thinking about risk mitigation at that point, yeah. they probably don't have a lot of experience with aggression. Well, because I'm going to tell you risk mitigation <laughs> happens for us before even... Entering. Like, yeah, before like, anything starts, we're going to mitigate risk. And then if there is no risk mitigation, we will teach management strategies in order to begin training. I was going to say, like, we're huge on, like, safety is number one. Like, we safety always don't get bit. And so That's it's just kind of it. like, I feel like when you're, if you are dealing behavior, yes, as the trainer, you're going to, you have to tackle how to fix it, how to solve it, how to break it down. But mm-hmm. you also have to explain how to manage it and how to do it safely. Mm-hmm. And if you're missing that, though, it sucks because, like, that's what that's what owners can and should be worrying about first, especially when they're in that training period. They have to be worrying about the management and the safety of it all first because mm-hmm. the dog's not going to change overnight. Yeah. Like, I don't... Speed is not the name of the game, so the dog's behavior will not change overnight, which means you need a way to manage this safely in mm-hmm. a day-to-day interaction without it 100% being solved. Yes. And, and muzzle I, is I will a huge say, part of that. A muzzle is a super important part, and like if we're doing a board and train, landed bites, significant bite risk, we do frequently go, hey, this is how you'd muzzle train. I hope you can muzzle train before. Like That'd be great. We are a company that actually does take dogs for serious programs that have not been muzzle trained. Mm -hmm. One of the things that me and you see this a lot on social media is people that are trainers that take serious risks that like throw a muzzle on very, very obviously they have just gotten a muzzle on the dog. And thank God there's a muzzle on the dog because their handling skills make it absolutely necessary that the dog be wearing a muzzle or they would be bit like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, we actually are huge. Like we are very enthusiastic about muzzling and, and having the owner be a part of that before you can get here. But we also actually have a lot of other risk mitigation. Yes. That we Oh yeah, do. like the muzzle shouldn't. If, if you are giving us a dog that has a bunch of human bites that's not muzzled, we are actually very, very. I was going to say, we're not going to treat that like a puppy and yeah, just hope the muzzle does the work. Like Yeah. We are going to be fine with that, though, because we also work on de-escalation handling. And that is actually not something I do with owners, though. Like, I do do it later in the game. But at the beginning, during a time where a dog is trying to actively eat something, teaching an owner how to handle it and how to mitigate their risk first is important. Teaching them how to handle it well enough that they can actually focus on de-escalation in the middle of just preventing injury is basically impossible. Yeah. But I see a decent amount, and you see a decent amount, because you show me, (laughs) on social media where it's very, very obvious that no one has trained this dog to wear a muzzle, but this muzzle has been gotten on the dog and is just, it's very lucky that this dog is wearing a muzzle, because if they weren't wearing a muzzle, there would be serious injury due to handling and that's those trainers i also don't understand why they don't pre-teach muzzle because i just i don't get it like i'm that's for the that's all that is is for social media they want to put uh they want to slap a muzzle on the dog fast enough that they can then start handling it start handling it the way that they want to the way that looks like we're making oh yeah the way that looks like it's just dog training is 
explosive. Because, yeah, it is boring in the beginning. Guess what? When you're teaching foundation, it's not super exciting, especially when you're working with bite risks and stuff. The beginning is not exciting because the goal is to not get bit. There shouldn't be a lot of action. It's going to be boring. We're both. Actually, that one of the dogs that came in the last round who has multiple bites is muzzle trained at the request and idea of the owners. And I put up a very short video on TikTok of like one of the first or second sessions oh, yeah. with her that was literally just, it was familiarization to routine. And it was literally just, these are the things that we're going to be doing as soon as we pull the muzzle. Like, hey, I'm going to grab your collar. Hey, I'm going to play clippy clippy. Hey, you're going in, you're going in, yeah. you're going in. And there you go. It was super boring. And it got basically no views because it's super boring. Yes, it was really good training. It should That's be. That's why. Yeah, like 100%. it should be boring. Yes. And ugh, yeah, it's just kind of like, but yeah, then the really, really fun ones are when they're not muzzle trained at all and they're just like trying to work them as they bite them. And I'm like, yes. you have no idea what you're doing. You're kind of going right screwing this up a bit more. Yeah, we're whatever. going the other direction there. Whatever. But though. like, y- this is the thing is, especially if you don't have time or money to do any form of training, a muzzle is like 30, 40 bucks. Yep. And you can, you can, everyone can muzzle train on their own. Everyone. Yeah. Might take a hot minute, but everyone can muzzle train on their own. It is super safe and there is literally no detriment. There is no detriment to muzzle training, even if you do it poorly. And like, we're not joking. Like every single dog who comes into this building will have a muzzle put on their face. It's like, we'll, oh, we'll yeah. introduce a muzzle from the we board and trains program. Yeah. Like from the board and trains who are here, like as bite risks or whatever, and we're learning about muzzles to our puppies who are here for yes. puppy foundations. Guess what? In that week where they're here, they will learn how yes. to wear a muzzle and you stick their face in You can be a 12 and a half month old golden retriever puppy that has barely been double vaccinated. Muzzled. You are learning about muzzle. That is a weird bowl. Muzzled. Enjoy. You can be a teenager who is just like living its best life kind of thing. Guess what? You can wear a muzzle. Mm-hmm. You can wear a muzzle on the treadmill. Try mm-hmm. that out. You can be an adult dog who's just here to have its fun. Muzzled. Yes. Like literally was... there is no dog that does not uh, like outright benefit because they're right there's, there's no, no negative there yeah. is no con to teaching your dog how to wear a muzzle no. and there's no con to them wearing a muzzle yeah like but there I, are please definite... tell me come at me with your reasons because yes. like i can't think you know of what one. yes i would love for someone to tell me the downside of muzzle training a dog like i don't like i cannot possibly like i can one. see there's lots of arguments about lots of different tools and what tools are and how we use them yeah we i will say a muzzle is a tool in your toolkit but and what it's is useful? Yeah. Who is like, what is the negative? Is yeah. It- and the other people there's, there's every now and then there's someone that argues with me. They're like, oh, well, I only, I would only need to use it once a year at the vet. I'm like, okay, okay first off, if your dog is stressed enough at the vet to need a muzzle, you should, that that's a very good thing to be doing then. Cause obviously it's a very stressful time, but it's such an, e- even if it is just once a year at the vet. It's such an easy, low effort thing to teach. Like you can sit there, watch TV, hold it in your hand and just like put food in the muzzle, they eat it. Put food in the muzzle, they eat it. You don't even have to look away from the TV. Right. This is the least effort thing you could teach your dog to do. And people are like, well, I mean, it's, I only need it once a year. So why should I do that? And I'm like, this will what take else are you, you doing four with your minutes. Dog? Literally that. And it's also like, even, even to think of the vet, right? Like the last time Oakley went in for her vaccinations, I muzzled her. I know she's fine with yes. people and I know she's fine at the vet and she knows our vet and great, cool. But I still muzzled her walking in both as a training thing, both as cool. But I find it's also polite to even the vet and the workers in the sense of, yeah, they get bit a lot. How about... <laughs> you know you know who I forgot to bring a muzzle for <laughs> last time? <laughs> Sasha. 
<laughs> yeah, they you know didn't who appreciate that. One hundred percent requires a muzzle event. Such a yeah. <laughs> gremlin. <laughs> Tiny angry gremlin. But like that is also just even I find it a courtesy to either groomers yes. or vets who they get bit a ton. Yes. Guess what? I know my dog's not gonna bite you, but you know what? In order to make everyone in this space feel a little bit more comfortable, and because yeah. she's fully muzzle trained and I know it's not gonna add another pressure to this situation. There you go. Yeah. Cool. Good luck. Have like, fun. What's I don't know, it just seems weird. Yeah. That we wonderful times. It just it's it not makes it super thing. safe. It prevents so many it's wonderful. <laughs> I just there is no there is no downside. There is no downside. If you if you have a downside to teaching a dog send how to wear a muzzle safely, you let us know. We would love to hear that. Comment, send us an email. I don't know. Smoke signals. Fa- find Our internet's pretty bad. Probably smoke signals. I was say. Send it mail us a walkie talkie in the mail. Yeah. And then walkie talkie yes yeah. and Written, tell us why, why is a muzzle detrimental why is a muzzle aversive why is a muzzle yeah like, why would please. we not i would actually love to know people's thought processes on i'm working with a dog that has landed human bites and one of the initial things that i am gonna go one of the first 10 things yes. is even in the first 10 it's not going to be muzzle why why, why? i would love why? to know the thought process on why that doesn't fall into something that could be valuable yeah. weird weird Yes. Oh, my God. Do you have a pack question? Um, thoughts on kettle-cooked chips? I don't understand the point of being like, hey, these are wildly different. They're like, very they're, crunchy. They're crunchy, but, like, is that why people eat chips? Is it the crunch yes, or is it I the salt? I think the crunch. Oh, it's the crunch. It's the crunch? You eat them for the salt? I, th- I thought people ate them because they were, like, salty. Well, like, they're salty snack, but, like, definitely crunch is the highlight. Oh, okay. But if I, because I asked the other day, I was like, if you were stuck with one style of chip, which would you choose? I see, and I wouldn't be able to name other style of chips. You got kettle cooked. You got, like, a Pringle style. You got a Ripple style. You got a Dorito style. Probably Pringles. See, and that's where I kind of landed, too. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, if you told me... if you, I just like that they're all the same. Well, and I like the texture, and that is a nice crisp. And mm. for me, it's like, if you told Which me I could never have... Which is funny, because that, that Pringles probably have the least amount of crunch. They're not crunchy, they're crispy. Oh, okay. And it's also... Because to me, it's like, if you told me I could never have a Pringle again in my life, I'd be like, oh, that sucks. Whereas if you told me I could never have a kettle cooked chip in my life, I'd be like... Okay, I'll do it. Like, I love a good Miss Vicky's every now and then, but, like, the only chip, they hurt oh. your mouth sometimes. See, Dixon is, like, the super into chips guy. I, I could, if you told me I'm never going to eat a chip again for the rest of my life, I would be totally fine with that because I am, like, you've seen me with, like, sugar. Yes, I was going to say, I am not the salty sugar. snack person. Yeah. You take away the, the many forms of sugar okay. that I ingest daily. What's your opinion on sour? Oh, mm. Okay, sour by my standards, I typically find is not sour by other people's standards. So I think things that are very sour, they're like, oh, that's moderate. So like... You're like sensitive to sour? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you've seen me with food, right? Like I tend to be a smidge dramatic. I thought you were almost leaning into like, yeah, if I have like a warhead is not sour at all or something like that. No, 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 no. A warhead is death. Is is Um, fuzzy peach? What's a fuzzy peach to you? Is that sour? No, a fuzzy peach is very, very sweet. Okay, okay. I yeah, I the sour cherry blasters love a good sour cherry blaster. Interesting, phenomenal. You know what I love? Sour though? Patch Kids, wonderful. Yeah, Swedish berries, 
lovely. Loving this whole conversation. Nerds have a box of nerds right now. This is. You I seem like list. out of all the Halloween candy boxes, you love the main nerds pack the most. Yes. Over chocolate. Oh yes. Ooh. Oh yeah. No, like I eat chocolate if it's here. I eat chips if they're here. I will go. I You'll will drive to town sugar. to go buy sugar. Like just straight pixie sticks. I haven't had a pixie stick in like a decade. Probably fucking excellent. Probably. Though. We should give me a bunch of pixie sticks. I was going to say, I'm going to go get happens. some pixie sticks. Yeah. Those will be good. That'll, nerds. Next Dixon, week. I hadn't eaten nerds in like a year and a half, and Dixon bought me a thing Love of nerds. nerds, like, I don't know, two, three weeks ago? A say, month ago? Box here. Yeah, it was a while ago. For a while. And now I'm on a nerds kick, man. Nice. Oh. oh. That uh, that family pack that it says, like, share with your friends <laughs> on it. I just, nah. yeah. That's yeah. hilarious. Next week before recording, I'll bring us some pixie sticks and we'll. That is either a very, very good idea or a very bad idea. Why? It's fine. Well, Haley likes us to stay on topic. We'll give Haley one. I think we should give her some before editing it. That might make it. Sure. Fun. Yeah. Her listening to us do this is probably like hard, but not as hard as listening to us do it 47 times as she listens to this as she edits it. Because <laughs> she has to listen to us do this like 47 times. Yeah. What a treat wow yes what a life I mean, she lives yes who to be Haley? who doesn't want to listen listen to us babble about the same thing 47 times in a row in the same like two hours wow the list is short i don't know man the no the list of short of people who wouldn't want to listen to that oh yes. yeah yeah list sorry short. Didn't miss that part your whole family would listen to this yeah great what i find really this is and she can edit this out i don't care but like um I think it's going to be fascinating because I think my family will... My family genuinely likes, like, when you answer the pack questions because I think they'll be genuinely shocked that you're a sugar person. Really? They love learning about you. Okay. That is... That is... Sure. Like, when when they found out your favorite cereal... Wow. The night that I slept over, the amount of questions that I was asked <laughs> that proceeding morning... <laughs> The amount of jokes of like, haha, did you sleep next to Oakley in a run? That was funny. Yes. Oh, did I'm I assuming that they did not. Yeah. They had to have asked you 14 times if you got your own crate. That Yeah, that was funny in itself. Yes. But the amount of questions of like, oh, like what cereal does she have in her house? What type of milk? What are, like just all the questions. Wow. I am lactose intolerant for Santa's family. I can only drink almond milk. You're welcome. <laughs> I t- they know Easy. that now. You got to oh, give them okay. something new. Well, there we go. Wow. <laughs> I love that I'm fascinating because I'm really, really a boring person. But sure. you really are. You ever yeah. feel like you need a a pep up? Yeah, somebody to somebody to shock me up. Have I shown you texts from my mom? Yeah, every now and then. Yeah, and I think I need I need your fa- yeah. If I need to look for a pep up, I'm gonna call Bam. you guys. If I need to be brought down to reality, I am gonna your call mother. my mom. That's good. Hundred percent. That's good though. We need those people in your life. It's all about balance. Yes, she is good. You need at the push and pull realist. in your circle. Yes. People who push you, people who pull you. Yes. Yes. My circle has enough of those that it's it's holding its shape. Yeah. It's good. Okay. Well, this has been fun. Um, I guess we're done. We recorded two today. Just in case. If and this does make it in, we recorded two today and they were both pretty good. They were pretty on topic. Pretty good. Less depressing. Yes. Wow. Go us. Didn't even okay. cry. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This podcast is taking a turn. Season 1.5 is going to have more emotions, I guess. But still no soundbar. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> I will get you a soundbar one day. You won't. What? I don't even know where we would put it. Okay. No. So. Like, do you know what I mean by a soundbar? The one with the weird noises or the light up one that says recording? I want both. 
I know I want, you want both. I just don't know what to me. A recording one you're sign it. is going to be my little light up sign that goes. You flick a switch and then it's like in recording and it's mm-hmm. like red. And then a sound bar would be either the an app on sounds. my phone or like a little bar that you right. can get where each button is a different sound effect. Me and Dixon talked about it. we were going to get you a free trial to a sound bar app, right. and then that was it. You well, were like going to get two. Is, weeks. I have sound effect apps on my phone already, and that's not an issue. But I don't think if I used it, I don't think it's going to sound right. Like, I want well, Haley to do her tech thing and figure out a way to connect it so that if I do oh, it here, it'll... I'm we'll sure there's a way it. to do that. We'll work on it. It's no, a thought. Won't. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye.